Hey there out there. You are deeply tuned in right now, man, to the Real People Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ginsberg. If it's your first time tuning in to the Real People Pod, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for listening. It's good to have you. If you're a returning listener to the pod, welcome back. Good to see you again. Hope your Monday's off to a great start. You returning to the workplace? What's going on? I got a great show today. My guest is The Real Kika, Instagram influencer at The Real Kika, Kika Carvalho. It was a really interesting chat. She's a, a different guest than the type I usually have. Very enlightening for someone like me who knows nothing about Instagram influencing, so it was cool of Kika to come on. My 32nd deep thought this week is around vaccine appointments. Listen, I don't even really have a joke here. I'm getting the vaccine April 12th. I'm signed up. Uh, they made it, you know, for everyone in New York over the age of 30, which I definitely qualify for. I definitely have that pre-existing condition of being over the age of 30. And, uh, you know, going online and filling up captures for uh, two and a half hours wasn't really fun for me. Refreshing pages. I have friends texting me, DMing me, dude, you got to get the vaccine. You got Here's what you got to do. You got to go on at two in the morning, refresh the page 75 times. Then you got to go on a Reddit forum, pull this URL, change the substring URL at the top of the URL to letters instead of numbers. Then when you minimize the box, you can click through on the boxes. Then when you see an appointment, you got to grab it, but you got to hit refresh at that time. Then after you hit refresh, you got to inspect the source of the page then you got to go into the html and look for the api that it's called like no i'm not doing any of that i'm not treating this like getting dead in company tickets i'm not doing that just to get injected with the vaccine i'm doing my part but i'll do it my way so what am i doing i'm gonna drive three hours to like suny oswego some suny school to like some like i don't know it seems like a locker room in a gym in a high school like outside niagara falls and I'm going to go up there, I'm going to take the shot, and I'm going to drive back to New York City. I'd rather do that than try to identify a crosswalk or a chimney or a bicycle on a CAPTCHA and be told that I got it wrong. I'd rather do that. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking my shot. I'll be vaxxed, and I'll be ready to have a frisky summer, baby. Let's do it. All right. Let's bring on the real Kiga. Okay, before I bring on the real Kika, I have one quick promotional advertisement for you, if you'll bear with me. I don't normally promote things on the podcast, but I don't have a sponsor. I'm open to having a sponsor, though, if anybody's listening. Anyway, I'm producing a new comedy show called The Village Idiot Comedy Show. It takes place every other Wednesday at the Juke Bar in the East Village, 196 2nd Avenue, New York, New York. Our next show is on April 7th at 7.15 p.m. for Temp Checks, and we'll kick off the show promptly at 7.30. We have an all-star lineup, including Omar Jenkins, Daniel Janine, Kate Robards, Katie Boyle, Jordan Jensen, Usama Sadiq, and we're featuring Mark Normand. Ever heard of him? Yep, he'll be there. And the musical guest will be Justin Garcia bringing the music and the vibes. Justin Guitarcia. Check it out. Uh, it's our new show. I produce it with my buddy Isaac Gartenberg, who's also very funny. We'd love to see you there. Check us out on Instagram at The Village Idiot and sign up in the link. The Real Kika. Very cool of her to come do this podcast. You know, she's an Instagram influencer, she's a brand ambassador, she's a content creator. And, uh, she kind of influences people to do fun, interesting, unique, and new things uh, through her own experiences. And as an old person, I don't know much about Instagram influencing. I, it's not something I totally understand. 
And so I thought it'd be cool to have someone come on and explain it. And uh, again, very cool of her to do that. It was actually a very interesting conversation. Um, the way that she perceives influencing and the way that she leverages her content strategy to build new experiences for people was something I hadn't really thought about before in that framework. So it was very enlightening for me and hopefully you feel the same way and you, uh, you learn something new about influencing. It's not all just fancy pictures. There's a lot to it. Uh, and I really appreciated that Kika came on to do the show. So without further ado, introducing at the real Kika. It seems like a lot of what you do is dependent upon you experiencing things, right? Like being out in the world traveling or trying new foods or try, you know, perusing around new cities. And I'm just wondering, what have you been up to the last year uh, as the world kind of has, has been shut down? Like how have you stayed uh, you know, motivated and, and how have you, how have you created new content in, the, in these circumstances, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of what I do is, um, very experience based, um, because people want mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, I experience it firsthand and I'm not just kind of, you know, recommending something that I haven't done. And I think that also goes with, you know, a lot of even like beauty products, um, or something I cook, um, they always want the recipe and again, making sure that I um, experienced it firsthand. Obviously, yeah. this year has been very tricky um, for obvious reasons. Um, I actually had right. a lot of trips planned um, for 2020. I was going to go to Thailand. Um, I had Paris. I had a wedding in Mexico. Nice. Um, I'm originally from Portugal, so I had a wedding in Portugal. One of my best friends was getting married. Um, so all of that kind of went out the window. Um <laughs> So, oh, right. you know, you just kind of have to be creative. Of course, I didn't travel, you know, for a very long time. And I think, you know, in, in August was the kind of the first time I really traveled and I decided to do a road trip. So I went nice. to um, Charleston, um, Savannah and Richmond. I also spent some time in Miami. Um, and then recently, actually last weekend, um, I just went to Austin um, in Texas so I've been doing a lot of road trips. Um, I've only flown once in the last year, and that was to go to Portugal for the holidays um, to see my family since I hadn't been able to see them um, at all in 2020. I usually try to go home at least two to three times a year and, you know, obvious reasons had to cancel everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the just and then in terms of content, I think, you know, what a lot of us had to do is kind of, you know, repurpose some old content that we had and maybe hadn't posted about it yet. And just more like aspirational, like, you know, I can't wait to get back out there, you know, and to go back yeah. to wherever that may be. Um, and I think just trying to have fun with it. So when I went to Portugal, I didn't want to stay with my family um, because of COVID. Um, I felt pretty right. safe only because, you know, when, when I was flying um, to Portugal makes you have a negative COVID test um, that has to be taken within three days of the trip. Um, so I knew I was negative, um, but I just, for peace of mind, well, decided to stay in a hotel. So I actually decided to stay um, in a hotel that offers apartments and it had very Instagrammable, you know, a couch that was pink and, you know, a beautiful wallpaper that was very tropical. So if you go on my Instagram right now, I think it's within my last six photos, you know, two of those were just taken in the apartment I was staying in. Um, so I think that's also very important to try to stay creative and um, kind of just make opportunities wherever you can, because again, I wasn't going to Thailand or Paris anymore. Um, right. So. <laughs> and ho hopefully you do get to go to those yeah, places. Soon. So. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but I mean, that's interesting. So it, it's kind of like the, the you, you draw the inspiration from the places that you're at. And it's, it's interesting that you've made um, even something just like maybe a simple hotel, uh, you know, capturing what's really special about it. I think like even with um, with like the pandemic in general, even like this podcast that you're on now, like was kind of born out of like I like to talk to people and do stand up comedy and be in front of people. But I can't. So it's like, well, what can I be doing? Like, what can I be leveraging to sort of you know, stay on top of my craft and, and keep myself energized. And it sounds like you kind of were able to do that um, with limited travel. Wait, let me ask you a question, though. When you're like, um, like when you're when you're going to a new place, like if you were to take your trip to like Paris or if you were to go to Mexico, like do you have destinations where you're going to check them out and then you're going to kind of Instagram about them, give your opinion, maybe some takeaways for the blog? Or is it like you kind of walk around and hope that the inspiration finds you? Like, is there a method to it? Um, I would definitely say it's both. I mean, if I know I'm going okay. to a specific place. Um, so for Thailand, I was going to go to um, Phuket, Bangkok, and Chiang Mai. Um, and then in Mexico, I had a wedding um, in San Miguel de Allende. Um, so a lot of the trips that I had were for like a wedding or a specific purpose. But again, Thailand, it was just going to be, you know, for no reason, just for fun. Um, so I right. definitely try to plan um, content in advance in places. I want to stay hotels that I think work well in my aesthetic. Um, you know, if you look at my photos, you know, my last 30 photos, there's a pink theme. Um, so I try to definitely mm -hmm. find places that have pink in them, whether it's a wall, a couch, um, you know, maybe it's like a, a beautiful sunset, which is a bit riskier, obviously to get the pink. Um, so yeah. I have to kind of plan around that. So if I'm going to an amazing place where, you know, I know there's no pink involved. I'll just have to wear um, pink in my outfit, um, whether it's a coat, mm -hmm. a dress, wherever it may be. So I think someone like me who really wants to keep, uh, like keep the pink theme, it makes it trickier. Um, so you do have to kind right. of plan. Um, and then, you know, or some content, I just, like you mentioned, like I just try to wander around and find new places, but I'll be wearing um, a pink dress or pink pants or wherever it may be in case I find a great mm -hmm. spot. And then, I can, you know, make it work with what I'm wearing. So it's it's a little bit of both, oh, I, I would say. <laughs> right, because so so it's like you want to find places and experiences that map to the brand itself, right. uh, but then also it's like a little bit of like, well, but then here's something extra that I just kind of uncovered. That's yep. that's interesting. I mean, like, look, I'm sort of a. Uh, uh, I've spent a lot of time working working in technology and and doing marketing and and you know, brand awareness and that sort of thing. But I do, because I think because I'm kind of old, have a little bit of a, uh, a gap in that this world I'm slightly unfamiliar with. And if you don't mind, like, giving, like, a baseline education, I mean, like, how, you know, it sounds like you have an approach and a style to how you, how you, how you manage this. But wh where did this come from? Like, how did this start for you, going from, like, someone who signs up for an Instagram account and then suddenly becoming like mindful of how you're presenting information on it and then gaining an audience. Like, like when did you start to realize like, Oh wow, I'm, I'm kind of turning this into something more than just an account. That's like me and my friends, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, I think it all started because I mean, in general, I've always loved to travel. Um, so again, I'm originally from Portugal and then I moved to the U.S. Um, for, you know, middle school, high school. And I've lived in various cities around the U.S. Um, I've lived in Miami and Boston. Um, I spent a lot of time in New York. I was there permanently for a few years. Now I'm kind of back and forth. Oh, okay. um, and, you know, I, I also went to Madrid for a year um, to continue my education. So I think I've always been someone who's traveled everywhere. And even as a family growing up, um, 
and even, you know, after college with my friends and even right after college, before getting a job, I took off six months and I went to Switzerland, to Peru. So I think traveling has always been something I've done my entire life. And I think it was about five years ago when I kind of signed up for Instagram um, and really started like posting about it. And I think it just really started because everyone was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, where did you go? Where did you stay? So I think, you know, people just like my content and then they would just tell their friends like, oh, I'm going to go to, you know, Savannah. It's like, oh, my friend Kika went to Savannah. And then they would reach out to me directly. Um, And I used to have a different blog um, a few years ago with one of my um, friends from Portugal. And then, you know, she used to live in Orlando when I was in Miami, but then she moved back to Portugal. So we just, it just wasn't going to work the way we wanted it to um, because we would do separate trips, but then a lot of them would be together. So it just wasn't going to work anymore. Um, And a lot of my following kind of came from that. And, you know, instead of just like writing about what we did, it was like we were writing letters to each other in the form of blog Mm -hmm. posts. Um, So it wasn't very structured. It was like, and I went to this restaurant, uh, I had to wait like an hour, but I really think you should, it's worth you coming. So it was more conversational where people could really relate to it. Um, so I will yeah. say a lot of my followers kind of started because of that blog. Um, and then it kind of just grew from there. You know, again, I, I was, I lived in Madrid for over a year and I met so many people in a master's program and then everyone kind of just, you know, I think when someone starts, you know, even getting 10,000 followers, you know, people tend to start, you know, seeing them as a trustworthy source, if that makes sense. So I was like, okay, well, if she has 10,000, it must be for a reason. So I think once yeah. you gain a certain following, people start trusting you more and more. And then it's kind of your job once you get that follower, just continue pushing content um, that's going to keep them there. Because, you know, unfollowing someone is very simple. And obviously, you don't want that to happen. Um, right. So I think on my end, it's always been trying to post about relatable content. And then, you know, as you mentioned, the past year made it very hard for people and you kind of have to adapt. And to be very honest, I was never a big cook and I never really cooked at all before the pandemic. Um, And I think everyone started doing it. Everyone's like, I'm tired of banana bread. Like, what can I make? We're all making the same things. And um, yeah, let's all make regular bread. Yeah. All the same <laughs> Why time. not? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I actually started cooking a ton during the pandemic and coming up with fun recipes, doing different things. And then started writing about it on my blog as well. And, um, hmm. you know, putting it on my Instagram stories. If you look at my feed, there isn't much about cooking. Um, I do it mostly on my stories and then on my highlights, I'll put different, um, pictures of things I've cooked. And I started noticing during the pandemic, I I got so many DMs, like, what is this recipe? Send it to me. And um, that's when I started making blog posts about it, because of course I would get inspiration from some websites, but then I would always tweak it to kind of fit whatever I liked, whether it was, you know, I didn't like three vegetables they put. So I would just make it my own and then alter things. Um, So I think a way I pivoted a lot in the last year was doing a ton of cooking content. And again, everyone spends so much more time at home. So it just became so popular. So I think that helped me grow a lot um, over the yeah. last year as well. I feel like the real test of some of this stuff is like your ability to adapt. And it's interesting to me that you say like this kind of started from you writing letters to your friend and sharing your experiences. Um, I, I think, I mean, based on what I can tell, and I'm not actually sure how we started, like how I started following you I, I, or how I got connected with you exactly. I just, but I remember being um, interested in, in, in your content as you shared it. 
Um, and I think that that still kind of comes across, right? Like it still is kind of like I'm your, you know, like I, I feel like maybe like the perception of your audience is that like you are somebody that they can relate to, um, go to for like trusted information about um, cooking now, I guess, or traveling um, or, or where to, what to buy and such. And like, do you, uh, is that important to what you do? Like just maintaining like I'm not some cold face on the Internet. I'm, I, I am actually a human being. And like, look, you can see I'm adapting and this is my life as I'm living it. And I, uh, at least from my perception, it seems like you've managed to maintain that even as you've scaled, which I think is kind of impressive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's important only because for me, like, you know, of course there's like uh, those accounts you're following that are very like over the top travel and amazing things and Photoshop and, and things like that. Definitely very aspirational. And I follow some of those accounts as well, but I think for me, it's important to feel like I can see myself in that situation, whether it's like, Oh, it's a fun recipe. I would cook that. Or I love the backgrounds, you know, that she's in, in, you know, Mexico, like, I want to go there for that picture. I love her dress. I want to buy that dress. So I think it's very important to connect on like a personal level. And it is true. I get a lot of messages of people being like, I feel like I know you. I feel like I'm your friend or like they'll tag, they're like DM me as if they are my friend. And I think in their head, they're just like, well, I've been following you for so long and I'm the most receptive person. I'm super nice. I always talk back, like, because that's what you want. You want to develop these kind of relationships. And I think you know, I've been much better at that in the last few years. I think at the beginning I felt, you know, it's a little uncomfortable when you're just talking to a screen, like, you know, in your stories. Um, but people sure. do want to know about you and, and how you are and what you are doing. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of things people relate to is I'm obsessed with TVs, TV shows and movies. I've always been huge into entertainment. So, you know, I'll watch a show and I'll like, you guys need to watch this. And people will DM me like, Oh my God, I watched this because you told me to, it's amazing. Or, I have one episode left. Like, I think I try to be very approachable, whether it's travel, what you should buy, the makeup to wear, cooking recipes, what TV shows to watch. And I think, you know, a lot of influencers do focus on a very specific niche uh, because it is trickier when you kind of seem not all over the place, it's not the right word, but it's like you're trying to push out as much content as possible because I'm a person who does all of these things. And there are a lot of influencer in, you know, Instagrams are just travel or just fashion or just food. So I think, you know, I do try to keep my feed very travel focused. Um, but then my stories, my highlights, my blog posts um, kind of give a little bit of everything. Because again, all of us like to, you know, cook, watch TV, shop. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely appear a lot more in stories. And I also think, you know, I'm trying to think of a few things that I've posted lately that I've got, I've got a lot of DMs about. I mean, just silly things. Like everyone knows I love junk food. Um, it's I've always been into junk yeah. food. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think it was, yeah, last night I actually made, you know, I love mac and cheese and I love Cheetos. It's like my favorite go-to snack. So, you know, there's yeah. Cheetos mac and cheese now. So I Cooked it last night with some fish sticks, which is pretty random combo, but it turned out very well. Yeah. And I posted about it last night. Everyone was like, damn, he's like, what? There's Cheetos mac and cheese. And, you know, f a week ago, I guess I got my vaccine and, you know, Krispy Kreme is now doing, you know, one free donut per day for the rest of the year for anyone yeah. who has a vaccination card. So, you know, I posted about it maybe a week or two ago. And then a few days ago, I'm like, happy to confirm this is true with a picture of me getting a donut. So I just yeah. try to be as relatable as possible. Um, yeah. Because that's true. Like you want to feel like you're my friend and I'm happy to have as many friends as possible. So yeah, I think it's just being very authentic. You know, we all get approached by brands 
um, to collaborate that just do not make sense. Um, and I see a lot of people who just collaborate because they want that free product. Um, so I turn down a lot of things that come my way. Um, so I just think, mm. you know, staying true to yourself, showing that you're authentic, showing that you're a real person um, is how, you, you know, I'm able to kind of keep um, my followers. So I think, you know, a lot of people, I always like to mention is a lot of people um, can have a negative perception of influencers. Um, I will say I spent a lot of time being an influencer, but I do have um, a full-time job as well. Um, I work in the PR world, um, nothing to do with being an influencer. Um, so I think for me, um, I I put a lot of love and work into it, but it's not like my livelihood, which it is for a lot of different people. I mean, I wish it was, but I think, um, you know, for someone like me, I mean, at least for the next few years, I I just want to you know, also have my full-time job and then, you know, spend as much, as much time as I can, um, being an influencer as well. And I think there are influencers who, you know, just in any other job, you know, sometimes do things that I don't really agree with. And then it kind of puts a negative perception on being an influencer as a whole, which I find, you know, it's a big shame. Um, so, you know, anytime, again, I'm very thankful you had me on this podcast. Like anytime I can share what we do, you know, really show like how much, work it actually goes into being an influencer um because you know there's certain yeah. things like trying a product you do makeup tutorials or cooking obviously you try to you know capture all the steps and write a blog post about it um but things like traveling it's like you're planning in advance you're coordinating outfits the lighting has to be perfect there's the editing process there's just so many things that go um into kind of getting the perfect picture so i hope that you know yeah. shed some light on that as well yeah, totally. I mean, it sounds like it's a really like targeted representation of your life. And uh, I, I can appreciate that. you like. It's nice that you're not um, that you I mean, I think it's, it's interesting that you have a, a full time gig because that just means that you're kind of motivated mainly by, you know, your desire to to share your favorite insights about life with your audience. And I think that has like a genuine aspect to it, which, again, does actually change perception. I think the way people people like me, at least it's not that I have a negative connotation associated with quote unquote influencers. It's just like I think if you have a a lack, if you're not from the world of it or don't know, I mean, like you just kind of think like, oh, these are just, you know, people who are who are. you know, addicted to social media and, uh, you know, show like showing off or something. But I, 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 I like I said, I, you've changed that perception for me, at least it's always seemed, um, that you've bring it, you bring a lot of value in, in the stuff that you're talking about. But I, I'm curious, like, you know, you have this, this, this full-time job and you're doing, uh, the influencing thing, I guess, as your, as your second full-time job, it's like that, that's kind of, it's kind of wild, you know, it's like, what are you doing after work? It's like, Oh, I'm a, I'm an Instagram influencer. Do you, do you, is that like a, is that, is that vulnerable? I mean, like that must've built a lot of, um, I would imagine it takes a lot of courage. I mean, not that you're, you know, you're not doing anything nuts on the internet in that, in that, in that respect, but it's like, does, doesn't it feel kind of strange to put, or, or it must've taken some, you're getting used to, right. To like put something out there and then thousands of people see it and then tell you about it and comment on it and, and digest it. You know, it's, it must be like a sensational kind of feeling, like maybe just a bit unusual. Is that taking a bit of an adjustment to get used to? Yeah, I would. Yeah. In a lot of different <laughs> ways. I mean, my, my full-time job, um, it's, it's a lot of work. Like, a lot, you know, it's usually people work 40 hours a week. I'll be working, you know, closer to 50, 60. Um, so, you know, being an influencer is something that I love. And, and again, I think my biggest joy from it, I guess, is when people DM me saying, I did this because you recommended it, or I watched this show because you told me to, and it was amazing. Like that's, 
that for me, that's what being an influencer is. Like you want people to trust you in whatever it may be, even if it's like a cooking recipe and just be happy about it. Right. For me, my biggest thing is just bring happiness and knowing that like I was a part of that. So, um, you know, obviously having a full-time job, you know, it kind of fluctuates the amount of hours, but obviously always at least 40, but you know, usually more. So, I mean, that's definitely true. You know, trying to kind of do my job, be an influencer, have a social life, do other things. It gets very um, tricky because obviously I, again, only want to put things out there that I've experienced myself or really thought about, or if it's a blog post, I read it like 50 times to make sure like, okay, if I was reading this, what questions would I have? And then I just edit the blog post to answer them because again, I want to provide as much information and insight uh, as I can on something. But um I mean, I love it, but yeah, it, it gets very mentally exhausting at times um, because sometimes you're just like, I'm yeah. just, I'm, I can't. <laughs> so a lot of times, yeah, I'll well, just, it's not, you know, it's not a, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. it just happened maybe once just, or it's twice. Not a, it's not a normal side job. Right. You know? For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's happened once or twice where I'm like, hi everyone. I'm, I had to take two or three day break. Just, I mean, I stopped doing it because I think a lot of people, then I got DMs like, are you okay? Are you overwhelmed? Are you okay? Do you need to talk about it? And like, I don't even know half these people, but, which is really right. sweet, right? Your friends are worried about you. But yeah. they think they're checking in on their friends. And I think it's, it, it's funny. I mean, I, I, 90% of the time it's great. Sometimes it gets a little, you know, crosses a little boundaries. Cause again, I, I don't really know a lot of people, but um, right. I mean, I just love it overall. And I mean, again, I guess you can always, you know, if you're traveling somewhere, I can try to do, you know, what we call batch content, um, which is like where you try to get, you know, 10 great images and then you can take a break for a bit and just post the pictures that you took. Um, so I think there's a lot of different ways to, um, especially for my feed to create content in like a shorter period of time that you can just use those pictures for like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, wherever it may be. Um, I think obviously blog posts are what take the longest because you have to do a lot of research. Um, you know, I just wrote a blog post about um, Austin. Um, I was there last weekend. So I love Austin. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, so I posted a lot of the places yeah. that I did yeah. go and what people should order and some pictures about it, where to stay. Um, but then, of course, I wasn't able to do everything. So um, I also included, you know, other recommendations where it's kind of obvious I didn't do them myself. But, you know, it was probably like, some of my friends who told me I should check it out. I just didn't have time. So I just want to provide as much value as possible, but I think it's all a juggling game in the end. Um, and I think, you know, being an influencer, you get as much out of it as you, as you put in. So, you know, if I'm doing stories every single day, I'll get a lot more DMS. If I'm not, if I go a week without posting any story, then, you know, your DMS kind of slow down. And I think it's important to just do as much as you can, because again, keeping your audience engaged is how you keep them on your page. And, um, yeah. I, I mean, I love it. Again, as you mentioned, obviously it can get a little hard to juggle everything, but um, I really do yeah. love it. And, and I guess influencing people, whether it's again, <laughs> travel food as small as watching a TV show or a movie that I recommended. Um, it just gets me very excited when people DM me about it. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. And, and I, 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 you know, I was just kind of thinking like if it were me, which won't happen, but if I were an Instagram, you know, influencer, I just think I would feel a level of like, man, like I'm really out there, you know, I'm a, I'm a public person and people are really like relying on me. Um, and that just feels like it can be a, a lot of, I guess you can call it positive pressure, positive tension. Um, so that just must be kind of a, a surreal experience, but I can pre appreciate the way that you're uh, describing that. And I'm curious, like, 
so in, in your world, I mean, there must be um, like young women kind of growing up that want to do this. You know what I mean? That are inspired. Like there's a whole world for this type of thing that want to that want to um, put their, con you know, form a content strategy, put it out there for the world, influence people into having these experiences. And it must be kind of nice to feel like, you, you know, I mean, you, you're trailblazing in that way. Right. Because this is kind of a relatively new phenomenon within the last five, ten years. And that must be uh, kind of rewarding, too. Right. To know you're kind of on the top of something new. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do get a lot of DMs from smaller accounts um, kind of asking me, like, do you have any advice? Can you look at my feed um, and just tell me, like, what you think is working, what isn't working, um, which I'm always obviously happy to, to help and kind of give my opinion. Um, but I think a lot of people yeah. are just kind of scared to start. I think, you know, the fear of, like, no one's going to like my content or no one's going to reach out, like, you know, follow me or reach out to me. I think fear is something that you know, we all go through, I have this like, very weird sense of rejection, like I get very anxious about it. But I think, you know, we all have some level of that. Um, yeah. And of course, being an influencer, you always get some not very nice messages. Um, but I think it just sure. comes with it. Just said it comes with like being on the internet, like people always say crazy. Yeah, things. for sure. But even certain things that I think, you know, again, I love junk food, right. And, um, yeah. you know, McDonald's announced, um, a few days ago or a week ago, maybe that they're going to be giving like free fries um, for every Friday in, um, until June. So I posted about it. It's like, oh, PSA, like get your fries. And I got messages like, yeah. why are you trying to promote obesity or why are you trying to give people heart attacks? And I was just like, I'm oh, not geez. telling you to like, I'm just, you know, like, and I got so many. I mean, I'm not saying you have to eat fries every day. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, first of all, it's every Friday. But um, I'm just kidding. Okay, there you go. That's okay. <laughs> but um, I got like, a week's okay. yeah, I got like 20 times more DMs. Like, heck yeah, thanks so much for telling me. Like, definitely going to, you know, do this. But it's just like anything you yeah. do, you are going to get criticized. Um, you know, I don't really publicize a lot that I do have a full-time job. So it's a lot of messages like, wow, like you're an influencer, like must be nice, you know, do anything else. You know what I mean? It's like, if only you knew the hours it takes and the amount of photos, like one picture on my feed, you know, I've posted this before yeah. where I was like one picture I took and I literally, you know, videoed my uh, camera roll and it was like 200 of something takes of the same like outfit. And I only post one picture. Nice. You have to go through, it's like <laughs> an hour or two of shooting. Then you have to go through all of them, pick your favorite, edit it, like, it just there's so much work in, that goes into it. And I think a lot of people don't realize it and just mm -hmm. think that, you know, we don't do anything all day. And it's actually really sad. So I hope whoever listens to this podcast can appreciate it a little bit more. But I know there's so much that goes into the preparation and, and the display of, of being somebody that does that type of stuff. I mean, it's a draining, draining life. So I, I, uh, I can totally I can totally empathize with that. But um. So I'm I'm just curious, just to get to know you a bit more. You're originally from Portugal. When you um, when you're growing up in Portugal, I mean, what did you imagine that you'd be doing when you got older? Like, was this kind of where you would imagine you, things would shake out? Is this what you were hoping to do? And I mean, I guess like, how has that influenced where you wound up? I mean, it's interesting. I I always wanted to do something um, related to travel, just because it's always been my favorite thing. And then um, in college, I went to school for communications. So, um. Nice. It kind of worked out for me, if that makes sense. Like, I, I, yeah, I think what I do now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's I've always kind of wanted to, again, communications and related to travel. I think that's what I do, right? I communicate all the time and yeah. I travel. <laughs> so I think it worked out well for me. Um, and it was funny yeah. because in, in college, you know, I was in a sorority and we had these, you know, um, 
you know, like most likely to something. And, you know, I got like most likely to be famous. Obviously, I'm not famous oh. by any means, but, you know, I'm a, I'm an influencer. Again, famous enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to be like an actress and, you know, and then I realized I have stage fright and I was like, that's never going to work out. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah. I think I've always wanted to help people, um, you know, throughout my life, you know, I, volunteered at a lot of nonprofits um, and did a lot of volunteering in general, whether it was like soup kitchens or, um, you know, when we'd have bad hurricanes in Miami, I would have, you know, post about it on my social media and have, you know, people Venmo me money. And then um, well, I thought it was great that they would trust me that they would just Venmo me money and I would actually do something with it. But I think it's, you know, I always would post yeah. all the food or all the supplies I would get with the money from previous things. So I think they would just trust that more. Um, Sure. And I've, I've always been like that and always done it. I guess even at the start of the pandemic, you know, I've worked with a lot of great brands. Um, so I actually reached out to them and asked them if they would want to send me a lot of free products um, because I want to do a social media giveaway for essential workers. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it's, yeah, it's still on my feed. It was earlier last year. Um, so I got a lot of people submitting their friends who are essential workers and I was able to send, um, you know, I paid for the shipping. I made the boxes at my house, created all of these, um, you know, gift boxes for essential workers and sent them out. And just the DMs I got from them, um, all of them didn't even know their friends had nominated them. So that was even more special. Um, mm. So I think throughout my career, I've always tried to give back. And even when I was younger, not related to my career, I've always just liked, right. yeah, to just help people, whether it's you know, what colleges to apply to a lot of like my mom's friends, daughters will reach out to me. Um, so I think I've always been very uh, giving in nature and just like advice or whatever I do. So I really love, I think being an influencer kind of helps me do that on like, a much larger scale, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's definitely a lot of pressure. And, totally. and I think that's why like sometimes I'll take 200 pictures. I'm like, no, like there's not a perfect picture. And then, you know, I'm just being told, like, are you okay? Like, there's 200 pictures. Like, there is, has to be one that you like. And I think, you know, it does come with a lot of scrutiny that you're like, oh, but what if this picture doesn't get me as many likes or it doesn't, people can't relate to it. So I think, you know, being an influencer also comes with a level of anxiety because you want to be accepted. You, you want people to like what you're putting out. They, you want them to still listen to you. Um so I think it also makes me overthink a lot, but it's just trust yourself and be yourself. And if someone stops enjoying what you're putting out, then they can just feel free to unfollow me and I'll be okay. <laughs> I think that's what we have to realize. Yeah, you yeah. will be okay if you lose a few followers. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. I lose some every single day. I, I, I can totally relate. And I think that um, you... I, that's kind of what I was asking about was like what like when you were growing up, what did you imagine you'd do? Because I think you hit on exactly what I was kind of hoping you say, which is like you kind of had this you're, you're kind of doing what you were naturally inclined to do anyway. Like that's what you wanted to do. And I was always curious of people who wound up doing the influencer thing, like if it was something that leveraged their already like, you know, an ability that they already had or a vision that they already had, like if it just kind of made sense, like a puzzle for them to, to become that person or if it was like something that you strive to be. And it sounds like you were this person and it just kind of grew because you're bringing a um, like a, a genuineness to, to the craft. And uh, that's that's super cool. And and when you commented on exactly what I was hinting at, just like when I asked you if it was vulnerable, I, and you mentioned like, oh, I get anxiety like about if this isn't the perfect picture, and I took two hundred of them. Like, yeah, I feel like you know, I feel like everybody goes through that. Even if you have ten followers, you're like, why did I post this? Oh my god, what if nobody like you know? And so it's like on a on a grand scale, that that's a lot of pressure. 
And so I'm just I find it very interesting. Um, this whole world of of you know presenting things to a wide audience and then help you know letting them consume it. People feel like your friends. I mean, it just must be a lot to to kind of weigh, you know. And it's it's interesting to hear how since you're bringing a uh, like a, sort of a, a positive, helping, genuine um, attitude towards it, 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 it can, seems like it's, it's less uh, less scary. So I can appreciate that. Well, let me ask you this. Can we talk about traveling for a little bit? Um, you seem like you've gone a lot of places. I'm curious. Uh, all this traveling that you did, and all, even Austin, Texas. I mean, like, uh, what are your, some of your favorite places to go? Um, well, obviously, I'm biased about Portugal, but I will say right. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go, though. I've heard it's. Beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say, like, growing up, um, a lot of people, you know, away from I'm from Portugal. They're like, what is Portugal? Right. It's part of Spain. It's part of Brazil. It's in South America. I've never heard of Portugal. So it was definitely very odd to me. Um, I was like, do you think I was born out of thin air? It was it was weird, especially in the middle school. Um, yeah. And. I feel like now in the last five, six years, so many top travel magazines um, have been posting about it, um, you know, writing about it in magazines and, and on their social media, like their Instagram channels, you know, places to go in, in Portugal and in Lisbon and Porto and the Algarve. Um, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I've explored Portugal not as much as I probably should only because every time I go home, I'm like glued to my family. Um, right. So I think people definitely need to look into Portugal. And again, if you're going to make it just two or three cities, just do Lisbon, um, Porto, if you love wine, obviously. And then the Algarve is um, like beaches. I actually went to the Algarve mm-hmm. for a week my whole life, like growing up, um, as, like with my family, obviously. Um, so definitely Portugal's on top of my list. Um, I lived in Madrid. So I think Madrid has so much culture. The food is amazing. Um, Incredible. which I'm sure you can relate to because you've been there as well. Um, and then yeah. other places I've been to in the U.S., um, I would say my favorite city is Charleston. Yes, really? I have been there many times. I didn't expect you to say that. What, what's so, uh, and not, not that I'm not on Charleston. I've been <laughs> <laughs> like, what, why would you say that? What that like, but, uh, but what's so, I mean, how do I phrase this question? What do you like so much about Charleston? Yeah. So what's, I went uh, what's, what's there? the okay. first time. The summer after college, so a few years ago, and then I just Mm -hmm. fell in love with it. And the way I could describe it is it reminds me a lot of Copenhagen, which I also love Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. And it's like those beautiful streets, you know, all the buildings are different colors. Everyone's so nice. Like just walking down downtown Charleston, it just made me feel like I was in a fairy tale. Like it's such a weird thing to say, but I've been like obsessed with it ever since. And they have you know, hush puppies. I'm obsessed with hush puppies. Again, junk food addict. Yeah, those are good. Over here. <laughs> um, yeah. And they just have like beautiful hotels, like the Belmont. Like it's incredible. Like I, I always stay there when I go. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think, yeah, I think everyone's so nice there. The weather's amazing. It's very walkable. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of cities that are amazing, but they're just not walkable cities. So I think it really limits you to really like immerse yourself because it feels like you're getting in a car, driving somewhere, getting out, getting in a car. It doesn't feel like very fluid to me. Um, right. So I loved it. And then a few years ago, we wanted to do a family trip. Um, so I was like, let's go to Charleston. So I went with, you know, my parents and my brother. And then, um, you know, this past August, we were doing a road trip. And I was like, you know what? I want to go to Charleston. It's, you know, it works to do with Richmond and Savannah. And I want to go back. So I went back for a third time and, 
Um, I'm actually working on a blog post for Charleston um, right now. And hopefully it'll be up next week. Um, but always loved it. And then in terms of outside the US, um, I've been to Dubai a few times as well. I think it's phenomenal. One of your favorite um, if you, okay. you know, there's a lot of culture differences. Obviously, my brother actually lived there for seven years. Um, so I went often. My best friend from Miami ended up getting married in Abu Dhabi. So it's just an hour away from Dubai. So I went to Dubai again. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it's again, a, cult- a culture shock. You know, you don't, yeah. you know, personally, I would wear like long flowy dresses, but then you want to cover your shoulders to be respectful. There's no rule, but of course you want to be very respectful, but it's also a hundred degrees. So anywhere you walk, you're right. just sweating the entire time. Yeah. Um, Do they have good air conditioning there? I would imagine they have some pretty powerful units. Yeah, <laughs> but it's fine because you walk in somewhere and you're like blown with this AC, but then you walk outside and you're instantly like so, so hot. Um, yeah, but it's so beautiful. You know, it has the largest bar in the world, the tallest building in the world. Um, it's, you know, it's very artificial, yeah. but if you know that's what you're getting right. into, then it's totally fine. And, you know, the largest mall in the world, it's incredible. The aquarium they have in the mall, the stores they have are like literally endless. Everything I have in Portugal, everything I have in the U S it's like all in one. It's beautiful. Um, that's that i mean i I can imagine i was just thinking that you know well a like when you talked about charleston i just wanted to comment on like i think that charleston's one of the only cities in the u.s where you get a real sense of history when you're walking around because this our country is pretty new you know but it's like when you're there it feels old like you kind of get a sense of like a real history which i've always liked about it but with dubai um i've never been there but yeah like i was thinking like oh that's the uh that's kind of the city that they made. Like they're like, let's make a city now, and then they made Dubai. Like we'll make the like you mentioned the biggest bar, you know, the biggest Krispy Kreme with free donuts, the <laughs> biggest like it's everything is like magnified and modern, mm-hmm. right? And that I think that's that's kind of interesting in itself because I don't think I could think of a city like that that was like deliberately be created to be like the modern center of things, you know, like now, like recently. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love places like, of course, Miami, um, Boston. I went to college in Boston, so obviously I have a special place in my heart. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised by Savannah. Again, the walkability, the food, um, and it's just very, very beautiful. Um, I was surprised. I hadn't been to Savannah before, so I was glad I got to go. But, yeah, I mean, of course I've done, you know, the France, the Italy's, um, I went to Croatia, which was a place I always wanted to go. I just went to Split, um, which was also very fun. Uh, but yeah, I've been to 30 countries yeah. around the world, and I think about 24 different states in the U.S. And I just want to keep, you know, adding to that list as much as I can. But, yeah. I mean, again, with a full-time job, obviously there's limitations. Um, but I think right. I still travel a good amount for someone like me who has a, a full-time job. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it sounds like it, and I've always wanted to go to Croatia. I heard it's like uh, it heard it's the place to be now. It's like the up and not that it's up and coming, but you know, it was like I think a few years ago, um, wasn't really on the radar. Now, so many people tell me you got to go to Croatia. Yeah, Iceland is going Um, through that right now, and it's actually interesting because, you know, Iceland and Greenland they just announced that um, vaccinated travelers can start going there. Um, So a lot of you know. Portugal's on lockdown. France is on lockdown. Um, so I'm just waiting for them to let people in and I'll, I'll go home again. But uh, it's definitely yeah. interesting to see these like places with much smaller populations um, already, already are just promoting like vaccinated travelers can, can come to our country. So um, I think Iceland 
is a place a lot of people went. Um, I never got a chance to go to it, like not yet. Um, but I think they did right. suffer from a lot of over tourism. Um, right. So I think, you know, the pandemic was, you know, for certain places, it was good to not have a lot of people. So they're like, you know, the nature could kind of come back because <laughs> a lot of places get yeah, destroyed no, I, by I, tourists. I, so um, I, I actually I went to Iceland in uh, 2017 uh-huh. when uh that airline that shoot I forget what it's called, but they went out of business. But there was an airline that was doing super cheap flights to uh Wow, I think it oh, was I've or something. They were doing super cheap flights to Iceland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I went during that boom. I had a great time, but you're right. Like I felt um I felt like when I was talking to the locals there, they're like, Yeah, we're not really used to this much tourism. Like we used to be farmers and now we, we own this <laughs> you know, we own this restaurant and like, you know, we're super reliant on tourism and it was great for Iceland, I think, for the economy, but it must have been um I think that I did get the sense that it was like overwhelming to people. Like it was just kind of going through an identity thing at that time. And um, it's, it's interesting to th- just think about what might've happened uh, in the last year when travel kind of halted, but nice to know that you can go there again, if you're vaccinated, it's a beautiful country. And uh, the Northern lights was probably one of the best experiences I ever yeah, had. Yeah. That's what, um, I, what I want to go for. So <laughs> Northern lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's natural and it's, it's, it's trip. It's really, really cool. I would say it's like, I think it's one of the best things that you can do. But um, well, all right. Locally, though, I just have a f- I have like a few more questions for you. Like, so you seems like are do you live in Dallas currently? Are you're like a, you're in yes, Texas? Yes, I'm in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I have a lot of love for Texas. Like I'm, I, and you mentioned you live in New York City, so this won't be surprising. But I'm, you know, I consider myself a New Yorker, and uh, typically it's like New Yorkers and Texas people. They seem like they're they're there's a lot different a lot of differences, but there's really not. I find. When I when when I've gone to Texas, I've just loved it in general. So actually, I only moved to Dallas a few months ago. I mean, I will say everything's at a hundred percent capacity here, and um, oh, people wow. are just out and about. Um, I actually was able to get my first vaccine last week, so I'm just waiting for the second one, and then I'll be congrats exploring a lot more. Uh, my brother actually lives in Houston, yeah. um, okay. which is like such a you know people always joke about that now since I moved here you know a few months ago. They're like, so it's, you know, this brother and sister from Portugal. <laughs> and like, I've lived in, you know, Boston, um, New York, Madrid. He was in Dubai. And now we both end up like a three hour drive from each other. Um, so yeah. my family's very pleased about that, obviously, because, you know, when they come, come, when they visit, it's just, we're going to be so close to each other. Um, yeah. So I'm actually supposed to go to Houston in a few weeks. To visit him so i will keep you posted on that because i haven't written about either um <laughs> dallas or yeah, um houston please uh, i'll tell you this if you don't mind me saying this uh my favorite restaurant is in like actually in the fort worth area so it's like an hour or two outside of dallas um but it's called joe t garcia's it's just like um like a local Mexican restaurant. I just, I remember thinking that was like one of the best things I ever had while I was out in Dallas. And uh, of course there's like t- uh, Torchy's taco chain. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. Torchy's I have done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I communicated that before we, uh, before we wrap up here, but yes, please keep me posted on Houston. Cause I'm not sure I know the best spots there, but um, I, I actually did read your uh, blog post on Austin and I uh, thought it was spot on. You mentioned like, you know, salt lick and all that good stuff and uh i i guess the I, I, as we kind of wind down here I'm, I'm i'm just curious about this last thing when you're say you're in dallas now when you're walking around do people ever recognize you they're like hey you're kika like i wore something that you posted like uh 
You're my friend. <laughs> does, does that ever happen in person? Um, in Dallas, no, because again, I moved here in October and I was gone pretty much of December, yeah, sorry, January, but it, it has happened to me in New York. Yeah. Um, okay. It happened cool. to me only like twice because, I mean, New York is such a big place. Um, but I remember yeah. being like, what? Like, it, it catches you off guard. You know, you're like, Kika, I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> what? What is going on? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's but, who I am. Yeah. No, yeah, I know, but I'm like, how do you know? I think sometimes you just we're so like glued to our phones that sometimes I forget, like you can forget that like if someone wa- saw me walking down the street, they would just be like, wait a second. Like I follow her. Um, so I, I mean, the first time I was very like freaked out. It's not the right word. I was like, wait, what, what's happening? How do you know my name? It's like, Oh my God, the real Kika, the real Kika. And then the second time it was still yeah. kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. But um, I mean, I don't know. I just, I find it exciting. And I think, you know, even, you know, sometimes I would attend like influencer events and, you know, I guess these were like random people, but I guess influencers, we, um, you know, we, we kind of know who's kind of well-known in New York, I guess. And it would be cool, like going to influencer events and they would just be like, oh my God, like, Kika, I've heard so much about you and blah, blah, blah. So that's always nice to feel, to talk to other influencers and feel like, you know, you're in a little community together, I guess. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, I know. I, yeah. If, if anyone sees me, please feel free to. Come say hello. Because sometimes people are staring at you, but I can't tell if it's just because of what I'm wearing or I was going to make a stupid joke <laughs> yeah. of like my <laughs> my beauty, but I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> no, please. I this <laughs> I make a lot of stupid jokes in this podcast. Normally. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. so that's, and I don't think that's stupid. That's that's fine. But uh, that uh, that's cool. I, th- I think that um, your attitude towards everything is, is um, uh, very positive. And uh, I hope that anybody that's listening that wants to consider doing this type of thing uh, I, I think I, I hope that they can you know I, at least I've taken away that there's a um, there's a there's a natural grit to it with, with good intentions and uh, I can really appreciate that so th- I, this was an illuminating illuminating conversation for me and hopefully for, for my listeners too um, I, like I said I've never had somebody like you on the show before that does what you do so um, I really appreciate that you took the time to speak to me yeah of course thank you so much again and I hope this was illuminating for all <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um, well, okay, Kika, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I appreciate you coming on to talk about your uh, your career and your travel. And I, I hope that once the world kicks up again, you can get over to Paris and uh, continue the the world traveling. And I hope you'll keep us posted about what's what's good to do in Houston because I'd like to know. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right, talk soon. Bye bye. Okay, folks, that was my interview with the real Kika. Follow her on Instagram if you're not already. I'd like to thank her for coming on. That was a great chat. Tune in next week for a fresh episode and go to the Village Idiot on Instagram to sign up for our show. See ya.